Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Random History Podcast. In this episode, I shall be continuing my mini-series on the Peloponnesian... Oh, sorry, the Punic War, not the Peloponnesian War. I did that last series, specifically the First Punic War, and I shall be covering one specific chapter of the war today, and I'm going to talk about the first major... Part, the first major chapter of the conflict in Sicily... There were really two major chapters in Sicily, but I'm covering the first one today. Since was that much of the war was to be fought either on or in the water surrounding the island of Sicily, and it, and the why the coasts were easier to maneuver on the hills and rugged terrain of the mainland made it very difficult to maneuver large forces, which le- and which and also made it more favorable to engage in defense rather than focusing on offense, which made that which meant that. Generally speaking, land operations would be largely confined to a mixture of raids, sieges, and interdiction, which is basically just a way of destroying enemy forces or supplies as they travel to to the battle area or to other areas, just a way of basically attacking enemy troops or supplies as they move around. And in the 23 years of war on Sicily, or in the 20... the in 23 years on Sicily, there would only be two full, two actual full-scale pitched battles, one on Akragos and one on and one in the Battle of Panormis. And the most common operation for both armies was to engage in a mixture of garrison duty and land blockades. And as you may know, the the long-standing Roman procedure was to amount to appoint two men, known as consuls, each year to lead their armies. With with both men leading an army, and in two sixty three BC, both of them were sent to Sicily with a force of forty thousand men, and at this point they proceeded to put Syracuse under siege, and as the Syracusans did not expect any Carthaginian assistance, they ended up making peace with the Romans, which led to them first paying an indemnity, and becoming an ally, and also agreeing to supply the Romans, which is which to many is probably the most important concession as a result of this is that supply line definitely helped out the Roman forces. And following Syracuse's defection, there would also be the switching of sides for several other small Carthaginian city-states or Carthaginian vassals on the island. To the Ro- They would switch to the Romans. And the thing was that the city of Akragos was chosen by the Carthaginians as their strategic center for the conflict. And this is around halfway along the southern coast of Italy. And in 262 BC, the Martians, the Romans, not the Martians, I don't know why I said the Martians. The Romans would march on it in 262 BC, and they would, lead it, they would put it to siege. And the Romans actually had an inadequate system for supplying, partially because the fact that the Carthaginians had naval su- supremacy made it so the Romans could not ship in supplies from sea. And they were also not really accustomed to feeding an army as large as 40,000 soldiers. And at harvest time, they ended up dispersing most of the army over a wide area so that they could boast harvest crops for food and forage for food. And at this point, the Carthaginians would launch a sortie, a quite sizable one, where they managed to take the Romans by surprise and actually force their way into the Roman battle camp. However, they were eventually routed after the Roman forces rallied. And after this experience, both sides became much more cautious, even when they were... even when one of them was laying siege to the other, they still were, became more cautious of ambushes and other incidents. And why the siege was going, was taking place, 
the Carthaginians had recruited an army which was being assembled in Af- which had assembled in Africa and was then to Sicily. This army was fifty composed of fifty thousand infantrymen, sixty six thousand, not sixty thousand, sorry, cavalrymen and sixty elephants, and it was being commanded by Hanno, son of Hannibal. And five months after the siege of Akragos began, Hanno began marched to relieve them. And when Hanno first arrived, he ended just ended up just camping out on high ground, engaging in some minor skirmishing and also training his forces. And two months later, he ended up launching an attack. And this was in spring of 261 BC. And the Carthaginians faced a defeat with quite heavy losses at the Battle of Acragas. And the Romans would proceed to follow up on this battle by pursuing and then capturing the Carthaginians' elephants and baggage trains. And that night, the Carthaginian garrison ended up fleeing the city while the Romans were distracted. With the Romans proceeding to seize the city and, and its inhabitants the next day, with them actually selling 25,000 of the inhabitants into slavery. And after this admittedly quite significant success of the Romans, the war became pretty fragmented for several years, with each side only really getting minor successes, and with no true focus for like what either side wanted to achieve, and in part for the Romans at least, because the Romans had diverted a lot of resources to a campaign against Corsica and Sardinia, and this campaign was ultimately fruitless, they then ended up launching another equally pointless-slash-fruitless expedition into Africa. They knew that after they did take a progress, the Romans advanced westward to put the city of Maitistraton under siege for several mo- seven months, but they were not successful. And they then advanced towards another city on the northern coast. And at this point, they ended up having a small quarrel with the allies, which led to them and their allies setting up separate camps, which Hamilcar took advantage of to launch a counterattack, which ended allowing them to take one of the contingents by supplies, surprise and quite heavily damaged the Roman forces by killing between 4,000 and 6,000 of their men. At this point, Hamilcar would continue to push onwards to seize Enna in the central region of Italy, and Camerina, which was in the southern southeastern part of Italy. Sorry, of Sicily and Sicily, not Italy. At this point, he was quite dangerously close to Syracuse, and to many, it seemed like Hamilcar could actually overrun the whole of Sicily, but the following year, the Romans were able to uh, strike back and retake Sicily, and they also finally managed to capture Vitostradone, and from that to that point, they ended up moving on to besiege Pranormus, but after, but they eventually were unable to do so and had to withdraw, however, they were able to capture Hippana. And in 258 BC, they would also recapture Camarina after a quite lengthy siege, and for the next few years, there would not be any major actions. It would just be widely, the conflict would widely just be a series of petty raids, skirmishes, and a couple of like occasional defections of one town to one side or one town to the other side. Now that I've covered the first part of the Sicilian chapter, I'm going to move on. Rather than covering the second part, I'm actually going to co- cover the part where the Romans actually gain a nativism, try to do this in a different order than Sicily, Sicily, then focusing elsewhere. I don't want to do this in more of a different order. So the thing is that at this point, the war in Sicily had reached a stalemate as the Carthaginians began to focus on defending their their well-fortified towns and cities on the islands, as these were usually on the coasts and could therefore be supplied and reinforced, with the Romans unable to use their 
at this point, superior military force to actually block off the supplies. And as a result, this is the focus of the war would shift to the sea, where the Romans had pretty much no experience as the few on the few occasions really where they needed any naval presence. They relied on squadrons of ships provided by their allies, but in 260 BC, they ended up setting out to construct a fleet. They actually used a shipwrecked Carthaginian ship as a blueprint for their own. And due to the fact that they were quite novice shipwrights, the Roman ships, despite being copies of the Carthaginian vessels, were heavier, and as a result, slower and less maneuverable than the Carthaginian ships. However, they still managed to build 120 warships and they dispatched them to Sicily in 260 BCE, BC so that their crews could be trained. And one of the years, one of the consuls of that year actually ended up sending, traveling with the first 17 ships to arrive on some islands a little bit off the northeast coast of Sicily, end up sailing them to the Lippery Islands, which, as I previously mentioned, a little bit off the coast of northeast Sicily. And they attempted to seize the main port of the island, Lippera. At this point, they ended up confiding with a Carthaginian fleet, which had which would previously been garrisoned at Akragos, and which, actually, you know, which... Sorry, the fleet was being commanded by the man who had commanded the group troops at Akragos and was currently based at Panormus, which is around 62 miles from Lepara. And when Hannibal heard that the man who was currently in charge of the troops heard that the Romans were planning on seizing Lepara, he ended up dispatching 20 of his ships under one of his generals, one of his subordinates, to the town, where they arrived at night and actually successfully trapped the Romans in the harbor and then attacked them. And at this point... The Roman forces, partially due to their great lack of experience, weren't able to really offer any major resistance, which led to some of the Romans panicking and actually fleeing inland. And the consul himself being taken prisoner. At this point, all the Roman ships were captured, most of them barely damaged. They do that a year later, Hannibal would engage in another battle with the Roman fleet, where he would be scouting with 50 Carthaginian ships, and then and he would then encounter the full Roman fleet. He managed to escape, but he actually ended up losing the majority of his ships, and it would be after that battle that the previously mentioned chorus I talked about was used. So Scipio's fellow consul would end up placing the Roman army units that he was supposed to be commanding under subordinates, and he took the command of the fleet. He ended up attempting to seek battle with the fleets making, with the two fleets meeting in conflict off the coast of Mile in the quite obviously named Battle of Mile. At this point, Hannibal had 130 ships, and one historian, and some historians have calculated that the Romans had approximately the same number of ships, and things that the Carthaginians believed that they would be the victorious coming into the battle due to the fact that they were more experienced, and they were faster and more maneuverable. They ended up breaking formation to allow themselves to close ranks and to close their close rapidly with the Romans. However, the first 30 ships would actually be grappled and caught by the Corvus and successfully boarded by the Romans. And upon seeing this, the remaining ships under the control of the Carthaginians attempted to swing wide so that they could attack the Romans either from the sides or from the rear. And upon seeing and upon this happening, the Romans actually were able to successfully counter and capture another 20 Carthaginian vessels. And at this point, the Carthaginians broke off the action and due to their ability due to their faster and more maneuverable ships were actually able to escape with what remained of the 
fleet sailing to we lit with the remains of the Carthaginian fleet moving away while the Roman fleet ended up sailing to relieve one of their newly held cities, which was under siege. This is also from that from early two sixty two BC the Carthaginians had been using bases on Sardinia and Corsica to launch naval raids against the Italian coast. And the year after the Battle of Mylae, the count the other count the the other council, Scipio, would actually lead part of the fleet to capture a city in Corsica and would then attempt to capture another city on Sardinia where he would be repulsed, and he would then proceed to lose the city he had captured on Corsica. And then in 258 BC, a much stronger Roman fleet would engage a smaller Carthaginian fleet at another battle off the coast, another battle off the city of Solsi, which was on western Sardinia, where they inflicted a heavy defeat. And the Roman, sorry, the Carthaginian commander would actually abandon his men flee, where he would later be captured and executed by his own soldiers. In spite of this quite decisive victory, the Romans, who at this point were trying to support offensive on both Sicily and, and Sardinia, were not able to exploit the victory, which led to the attack on Sardinia fading away. And in 257 BC, BC, another naval, another major naval skirmish would occur, or battle would occur, and this happened when a Roman fleet ha- was, which ha- just happened to be anchored in, um, off Tyndaris in northeast Sicily, while a Carthaginian fleet, which did not know the Romans were there, actually just sailed by in quite loose formation, as they were not prepared for war, and the Roman commander ordered an ad- immediate attack, and seeing the Battle of Tyndaris, the Romans ended up trying to put the sea in a rapidly, which led to them being quite disordered, and the Carthaginians were able to respond quickly, and they were able to ram and actually sink nine of the ten leading Roman ships. However, as the main Roman force came into action, they were also able to strike back, sinking eight Carthaginian ships and capturing another ten, with the Carthaginians proceeding to withdrawal. And still being fast, they were able to make off without losing any more ships, and at this point, the Romans would proceed to raid the Liparis Islands and the island of Malta. I will be concluding this episode for today, and I will be back with tomorrow for two more episodes. But to sum it up, the initial part of the conflict took place on Sicily, and actually much of the war would be fought either on or in the waters around Sicily. And Sicily's terrain, due to being quite rugged and hilly, made it very hard to maneuver large forces, which laid, which made land operations in general quite difficult and made defense preferable to offense. So the majority of land operations were confined to Raids against enemies, sieges, and interdictions, which is basically a fancy way of disrupting supply lines, or a fancy name for just basically disrupting supply lines, and only be a total of two major pitched battles in the 23 years of war on Sicily. And the Romans would, would actually land with the sizable force first, with them actually um not capturing, but making the Syracusans their allies, and gaining several other small cities that defected following the defeat of Syracuse. The Romans would also proceed to besiege the city, the city of Acragas, with them initially being delayed before proceeding to later attack and capture the city after defeating the Carthaginians at the Battle of Acragas. And after the success by the Romans, they were not able to capitalize and follow up greatly on it, as the war became pretty fragmented with very minor success, partially because the Romans had devoted, diverted a lot of their resources first to a ultimately worthless and ultimately failed campaign against Corsica and Sardinia that did not achieve anything, then later to an equally failed campaign against Africa, 
and after taking Akagos, the Romans did attempt to besiege the city of Mitristratone without success, and they would later advance towards Thermae, where they would actually suffer a sizable loss at the hands of Hamilcar, with them being forced to flee, and with Hamilcar proceeding to capture several cities. The Romans would later retake the land, and they would actually manage to pass further on and capture another city. And for the next few years, the conflict would pretty much be limited on Sicily, at least would be pretty much limited to a mixture of raiding, skirmishing, and occasional defections of one town from one side to the other. The Romans would at first also face a naval disadvantage. However, they were able to make a massive fleet. The thing was that they actually had to build their fleet almost entirely from scratch, as they previously relied on for ships provided from their allies whenever they needed naval forces before. However, they were able to use a shipwrecked Carthaginian ship as a blueprint. However, due to their lack of experience uh, shipwrights, they built much slower and much heavier ships that were a lot less maneuverable. And by 260 BC, they had built 120 warships and sent them straight to Sicily. And one of the men in charge of their armies, one of the consuls, actually ended up launching a failed attempt to seize the port of Lepara, which saw the Romans lose their their fleet, uh, their that portion of their fleet. And a little later, however, they would they would able to they would be able to pay back the Carthaginians for this defeat after the Carthaginian admiral Hannibal ended up stumbling upon the Romans with a much small when he was commanding a much smaller force, suffering quite heavily in terms of losses. And Scipio, who was the consul who failed, fellow consul would launch another naval expedition where he would actually be involved in this successful battle of Mylae. And the Carthaginians would also engage in naval raids on the Italian coast from the bases on Sardinia and Corsica, and the Romans would act, would manage to successfully capture a city in Sardinia and would launch a failed attempt... Sorry, no, they would successfully capture a city in a Corsica and a fail, then fail to capture follow up by capturing a Sardinian city and even lose a Corsican city. And the Romans would f- face a heavy, or they would have a heavy victory against a Carthaginian fleet on, off the coast of western Sardinia. However, they would fail to capitalize on this, partially because of the fact that they were attempting to support simultaneous offenses in Sicily and Sardinia, which was not really possible for them, which led to them not really following upon, up on this. And the last major naval engagement of the time would be the Battle of Tendaris, which would be which would see the Romans do somewhat more damage than the Carthaginians, but not by much, and the Carthaginians would manage to flee without suffering further losses. The Romans proceeding to raid two nearby regions, the Laparis Islands and Malta. And thanks for listening, everyone. And once again, this was the Random History Podcast. And don't forget to listen, tune back in tomorrow for me to cover the invasion of Africa by the Romans.